3: Hi, and welcome back to The Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. It's been a week since Thanksgiving, and in having conversations with friends and acquaintances about their experiences, I realized that there is a level of misunderstanding of what people mean when they talk about focusing on the family or family meaning everything. I think there's an expectation that everything in those families, the ones made up of people who prioritize family in their lives, is perfect. Everyone always gets along with their entire family. Everyone loves their in-laws. No one ever argues or gives a cold shoulder or silent treatment or anything like that. I'm here to assure you that that's not so. Family is everything to me, but it's hilarious to imagine that means we're some kind of sitcom family that never has strife. My mom traveled from New York to Florida, got to my house. We had missed each other so much and we so happy to see each other after several months apart that we got directly into a fight. Families get on each other's nerves and they irritate each other. They argue about politics and they argue about who makes the best stuffing and they argue about nothing at all. They ask invasive questions and know just the right sensitive spot to probe to annoy each other. That's a typical family. The idea that there exists a perfect family out there somewhere that never has any of that is deeply unrealistic. But if you do it right, then you love each other and you have fun together despite all that. And look, families break apart. I know a lot of families who have. So when I talk about family first or prioritizing family, I get that it's not quite as easy as that. You may want to prioritize family, but you have a crappy relative who's just terrible and you have to cut them off. That doesn't mean you have failed at prioritizing family. I also know people who have had terrible parents, but Are building their lives anew with their spouse and children and they're prioritizing that family. We get caught up in the perfect that we don't focus on the effort. We imagine that other people are living up to the ideal that we've set but that we ourselves are not. You could have the right values and they don't line up with the reality of your situation. I'm far more worried about the people who openly say family doesn't matter much much more so than the ones who say family matters a lot, but don't have a perfectly intact one. Keep trying to live that fulfilled life and don't give up because of the roadblocks you face. Coming up next, an interview with Nick Freitas. Join us after the break.
4: Start saving now at gamebridge.io. Please visit gamebridge.io/parityflex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.
1: Live Nation presents Concert Week now through May 14th. Get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like Twenty One Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob, Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Flume, Sarah McLaughlin. Get yeah, tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey,
0: everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up. And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
3: Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024.
5: Hi, and welcome back to the Carol Markowitz Show on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Podcast Network on iHeartRadio. My next guest, Nick Freitas, is a member of the Virginia House of Delegates representing the 30th District. But that's somehow the least interesting thing about him. Prior to being elected, Nick served in the Army with the 82nd Airborne 25th Infantry and served two tours in Iraq as a Green Beret with First Special Forces Group. He's also the host of Making the Argument and the Why Minutes. Nick lives in Culpeper with his wife, three children, two dogs, three cats, 20 chickens, one peacock, four peahens, and four goats. Hi, Nick. Thanks for being here.
0: My pleasure. Thank you. I think we're way past twenty chickens now, but
5: oh, really? <laughs> I guess you got to update your bio.
0: That's not that chicken math. Works. It it it's always <laughs> education. <interpretation. laughs>
5: What's a peahen? I I have never heard of a peahen. Yes, yeah, we didn't have peahens there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so peacocks are the male, and peahens are the female. Oh,
5: um, I see. Okay, I really, <laughs> I already learned something from you.
0: <laughs>
5: so, I usually ask this question towards the end of my interviews, but. I'd like to start with a big question for you and I I feel like I've been following you for a while and I I think you've covered so much ground in your uh, videos that I'd like to start with what do you think is our largest cultural or societal problem in America and is it solvable?
0: That's a good question. I I think I mean if I had to nail it down to to one thing um I I think it's an identity crisis. And and I and I mean that obviously on on an individual level as we're we're seeing this question right now with respect to the concept of identity, but I also think it's on a, on a national level as well. Um, we, we've gotten to the point where we, we don't have a shared understanding of our history. Not, you have to say that we all have to think exactly the same way about it. We don't even have a shared understanding of, of the events or, or the motivation behind them or anything of that nature. We don't have a shared understanding of the concept of logic. We don't have a shared understanding of the concept of, um, gosh, the, the scientific method, Um, in in addition to that, racist. So yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, and, and then addition to that, that's, that's led to once you've kind of disconnected people from their past, from a shared past or a shared understanding of the past, um, then it's, it's manifested itself in a lack of understanding of even about the present. And, and you see this all the time and things that would be considered just casual conversations or questions or observations. Now they're, they're microaggressions or there's some sort of unconscious bias or there's some sort of an assault on the humanity of another person if you disagree about any aspect of reality and i think what that leads to is a is a lot of um just a lot of concern and fear with respect to what the future holds uh because as, as much as everyone likes to talk about diversity is our strength right well it is under the right conditions mm-hmm. D- diversity is certainly our strength if, if we're talking about people that have some semblance of a, a common goal that want to work together and therefore bring a you know, bring to the table various capabilities and skills and assets and perspectives, um, but but all of a sudden, when diversity becomes this within this identity crisis, when it becomes this idea of we don't agree on where we're going, we're, we're going to rip each other apart trying to mm-hmm. figure it out. Um, all of a sudden, it's it's not a strength anymore, right. and so that identity crisis, which again is is starts with the individual, but but works out to I, I think the country as a whole. I think that's the biggest cultural problem that we're facing right now. And um, I think it's absolutely solvable. The problem is, is how much damage is going to be done uh, on the way to solve it, mm-hmm. because obviously people are pulling in a lot of different directions right now. And and the advocates of postmodernism and critical theory and uh, you know secular atheism, they certainly have a path they would like us to go down. And they've been very, very confident that that is the direction that we're going to go. And then um, there's several other methods out there, but the one I subscribe to is, is obviously I, I'm, I'm a Christian, so that, that mm-hmm. forms the foundation of my worldview. But what it means is that I do believe that there's such thing as an objective reality. There is such a thing as objective truth. And I'm subject to that too, by the way. It's not as if uh, my side wins because I-, I Right, right. Need to be all <laughs> um, but I, I think more and more what's gonna decide who wins is who is the most faithful and actually living out their worldview and what they believe and whether or not they're willing to argue for it, not just in what they say or the politics they subscribe to, um, but in how they actually live their lives. How do they treat their, their wives? How do they treat their husbands? How do they raise their children? Um, did, did, did their kids get to see the values represented in actions mm-hmm. instead of just commands or ultimatums? And I think if we do a good job of that, the reason i think we'll win is because it isn't our side winning it it's everybody it's an accurate reflection of reality right. it's mm-hmm. truth and so yeah so what would you say is
5: step one like is it just on a personal basis we model for our families you know what we'd like to see happen in the world i just I, it's kind of a negative moment right now a very pessimistic moment and uh you know i i'm just wondering how we crawl out of this identity crisis you're i think that's you know you you accurately describe what's what the problem is i just is there a solution?
0: I, I what I would like people to start to think of is that, yes, this is this is not ideal. Right? Like <laughs> regardless of where where you are um, mm-hmm. on on the side of this argument, no one thinks it's ideal. Everybody wants something different. The thing that I would suggest is that whenever you whenever a, a civilization comes to a crossroads, like I think we are right now, you you actually have the ability to take the best things that you've learned from the past and actually build upon it in a positive way. And a lot of times those those opportunities don't come until you hit that crossroads. And so what what I would tell people that maybe share my worldview is as frustrating as it might be at times, I think we should also feel a little bit blessed that we have this incredible opportunity to have a a disproportionately large impact on what the future looks like. because let's face it, when when things are going along and things are just coasting, um, it, it's really sometimes it can be difficult to wake people up to certain problems that still exist and be able to make make positive changes in, in, in the right direction. Right. Um, yeah. but when when the crossroads are there and you are going to have to make a decision, it it forces you to to really look internally first and figure out okay what do I believe why do I believe it and what am I willing to do to actually you know protect it um, to pass it along to my kids. And so the first things first is recognize that this is actually this is not just a problem. It's an incredible, unique opportunity because these moments don't always come around in, in history. Uh, the other thing I would tell people is that it does start with, again, I I get frustrated by things that are going on, but I'm not but
5: I've noticed that. I've seen it on I, your social media. <laughs>
0: I, can, I can especially, but I'm never fearful. Yeah. Have people like, are you afraid what's going on? No. Well, right. did you ever wonder? No. Why? Because I know who I am. Like, mm-hmm. I know who I am in Christ, right? That's my foundation. I know that. Um, I, I know what my purpose is with respect to, I have a I have a wife that I have responsibilities to. I have children that I have responsibilities to. I I have uh, principles and beliefs that I believe are honorable and noble and good, which I have a standard to live up to. It doesn't mean I always achieve it, but mm-hmm. I'm always better for striving for it. And and so because my because I feel very very secure in my identity, my purpose, my meaning, then when things happen that are frustrating, I'm frustrated. Right. But I look at what is my responsibility within this situation. And that's the point where I tell people, look, you know, everybody focuses so much on politics, politics, politics. Oh, yeah. And, and can I just say, politics are important, of course. Mm-hmm. They're not the most important thing. The The cultural fight is so much more significant than the political fight because politics is downstream from culture. And so when you are, if you're like a, if you're a single person right now that that's looking to get married. Okay, what what sort of capabilities are you developing spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, professionally, physically? Start focusing first and foremost on the things that you can control within your life. Which, by the way, we are still predominantly a free country with a great deal of opportunity. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and instead of focusing on all the you know maybe areas of diminished opportunity, start focusing on what do I have control over and what what can I change? And what you start to notice is that the the more the more you stack up on that win column. Mm-hmm the more of a position that puts you to influence other areas as well. I think a lot of people, you know, are, are looking at their lives. They don't feel they have much control over it. So they go on social media and they complain about the president. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that at all, or I'm not saying that you shouldn't, sure. have a, mm-hmm. but what can you do over the things that you control that actually put you in a position and not only be mm-hmm. to not only prove that what you believe is successful, but to also be in a position to be able to influence the thing you can toward a positive direction. And I think when people focus more on those things what what they end up finding out is they start developing innate capabilities that they had based off of what they like what they're passionate about and that ends up that ends up being a lot of fun right this is not mm-hmm. all supposed to be drudgery because right. we fight the good fight um yeah. so that's what i would say focus focus first don't don't be unaware of what's going on around you mm-hmm. don't be unaware of the things that are beyond your control but start a- operating from a standpoint of what can i control and how can i make that better so, that I'm in a position of be able to influence larger things.
5: Absolutely. So, I first discovered you on Instagram, where, you know, let's be real, uh, it's not common to come across any politician, much less a Republican politician, who's use, utilizing the medium so well. So, how did you get into it? You do these like perfect videos offering excellent advice in a slightly sarcastic tone before you know, taking a sip of your coffee. It's very mesmerizing. My 13-year-old daughter watches you and, you know, everything else I like is cringe, so.
0: Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, what, one of the things that I, I used to, we, we started doing more on social media because um, during the, the congressional race in, in 2020, oh. COVID was going on. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'd always been somewhat involved on social media, but I'd kind of used it like a lot of other people in political office. It was always an extension of your campaign right. like your office. Mm-hmm. and and during covid um that was still pretty much the norm right we were we were we were doing a lot more of like town halls on facebook but i really loved the interaction where we could take questions from people we could respond to them like on the spot Um, we really let the audience drive what the conversation was going to be on and we did that like every tuesday uh for gosh like five months and and uh, it was great and then we started a podcast because that was another way that we could talk to people let them know what we were thinking about where we stood on policy positions um, and then the race was over and it, it kind of all went away for a little bit and a, a, a good friend asked if I would take over a show called the Why minutes. And these were these kind of three minute, um, three minute episodes where we would explain some sort of concept, mm-hmm. but we would try to do it through something that was culturally or historically relevant, maybe, you know, economically relevant. We try to tell a neat story. And uh, at the same time we started doing more on on short form content so on Instagram reels and things like that and and what we found was is that um the more we focused on the cultural side right um the more we were able to connect with people on on, on a level that was far more relevant to their day-to-day life than just discussioning discussing the you know the the top rate on the marginal income tax
5: so, uh, surprising yeah, yeah.
0: I, I i still consider it a great compliment when someone will come on my instagram now and be like i didn't even realize you were a legislator i right, don't know right. you're in politics um and, and i think that's what's that's what we found has been the most relevant is is don't have your social media be nothing more than an extension of your campaign yeah um, it's actually a way to connect with people and talk with people and learn from people um in in order to Talk about things that are, again are, are relevant to them and are meaningful to them, mm-hmm. and if you can do that, you can kind of build a connection. And one of the things that's been really exciting for us on the podcast, which our podcasts go for like two to three hours every time we have mm-hmm. one, um, is we have a we have a community now which has probably like, and th- this is aside from the people that just watch the podcast. The people that watch the podcast, I, I don't, I mean, it, it varies from a hundred thousand to you know twenty thousand people. Fifteen depends mm-hmm. the episode but we have a whole separate community of of somewhere around between seven and 800 people that are part of a separate community chat that isn't like public or out there. It's just our community chat. And they are constantly giving us feedback. Hey, I really love this. Can you talk about this issue? Can you talk about this issue? We, you know, we, I had somebody reach out the other day on one of our videos and say, you know what, you talk a lot about raising, uh, raising sons mm-hmm. and a father's responsibility. I'm a widow and I am doing my best to raise my teenage boys and I I need, is there any, you know, advice you could, Mm offer? and so the next thing that we're doing is, you know, obviously I can't speak from her perspective, but um, I can can certainly speak from the perspective of a, of a son that was raised, you know, largely by a single mom Mm -hmm. and, and share that and hopefully provide something that's, that's useful. And so um, I think the biggest problem with politicians on social media is that ultimately, regardless of how they put it, it's primarily about them. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> and when, when, if you really want to, if you want to connect with people, it's it's not that it's all about the audience either. I think that's also mm-hmm. a misnomer. The, the relationships you enjoy the most are not the ones where you're doing all the giving or not the ones where you're doing all the receiving. Sure. It's the ones where there's back and forth, where yeah. you receive benefit and you can give benefit in return. And that's kind of what we've tried to accomplish.
5: I love that. You know, I remember that uh, coming out video where you tell people that you're a legislator, and you know, like embrace for blowback. Yeah, <laughs> but it was really good.
0: <laughs> do, yeah. you
5: recog- do you get recognized?
0: Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're at a point now where where we do. Uh, I, you I like think the it? first. I, yeah, I, I uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's look. It's always very nice when <laughs> um, somebody comes up and and tells you that something that you said uh, either made them laugh or really had an impact on them. Um, I think the part where we realized um, the stuff that we were doing on Instagram and on YouTube was was rising to, you know, a level where you start to get recognized. Is I was I was doing a trip out of town in in Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and uh, and somebody came out of a restaurant and and you know, are are you the coffee mug guy? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the coffee mug. Oh my gosh, I love your videos, you know. Um, and and so that you know, stuff like that is it, it, it's very encouraging.
5: Yeah. Which one's your favorite coffee mug? The You're Killing Me Smalls or <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know if I could we have we, we've actually got a new one. I only used it once and uh I think we're gonna I think we're gonna actually roll it out in right. a couple nice. of weeks. That one, that one is one that I like a lot, but I'll, I'll I'll kinda hide the reveal on that one. But yeah, the Zero Days Without Sarcasm.
6: Right. That's a uh, good one.
0: Uh-huh. You know, this one right here, I saw that God. <laughs> um, and, and you're killing me, Smalls. The, yeah. You're killing me, Smalls is very versatile with a lot of the mm-hmm. things. Probably the one that I have that says, um, my wife is hotter than my coffee. That right.
5: One. Oh, that's a good one. We're going to take a
3: quick break and be right back on The Carol Markowitz Show.
4: Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.
1: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
6: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic.
5: One of the things that I love about your page is how into your wife you are and how like openly, you know, you're just openly into her and really in love with her. And I think so many people don't talk about how awesome their marriage is, but you do and so I, I, you know, I really appreciate that. But how long are you married and what is the best part?
0: It'll be 25 years in May. We got married at 19 and 20. Wow. And, um, and I was in the, I was in the 82nd Airborne at the time. Uh, we had all of our she kids. got to
5: travel and see the world.
0: You to travel <laughs> and see the world as long as there was a military
4: place no war. Yeah. Uh, um,
0: so yeah, we, we had all our kids in the military and, um, yeah, but it'll, it'll be 25 years in May. Yeah. What's the best part? That is well, really other hot.
5: than other than she's really hot and hotter. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know? <laughs> I,
0: I I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I <laughs> somebody asked me one. <laughs> so when I, when I was a kid, um, I I grew up in in kind of the same area, but. You know there was there was divorce and and stuff like that. There was a couple divorces, and so. You know, I lived with my grandparents for a while and then we lived in different apartments and then I would go down and I'd spend the summers with my dad and um you know, home was kind of my my grandparents' places as far as being kind of like a consistent spot that was always there. And then I remember my grandfather passed away and and um you know, one of the, one of the houses was sold and you know, I really haven't been back to the other one a long time and then in the military we moved all the time, right? So it was like constantly <laughs> constantly all across the country and i am north carolina hawaii back to north carolina washington state and uh i remember i remember we were living at our place right now and we feel very blessed that we got to raise our kids kind of in this under the same roof for most of their lives but even now we're, we're probably going to end up moving again and mm-hmm. uh and you know somebody was asking well you know how do you how do you feel about that you know and, and someone asked me like well what, what do you consider to be your hometown i was like wherever Tina is, uh, <laughs> wherever, really... wherever, wherever Tina is at, that's, Thanks. uh, that's my home. So I think uh, that's what I appreciate the, the most about it is that no matter where you're at in the world and no matter what's going mm-hmm. on, um, I have someone that is always on my side and I'm always on her side, no matter what happens. And it's one of the reasons why I tell people this idea that, you know, you got to live life before you get married. It's mm-hmm. like, Oh man, no! You get married. We <laughs> get married. Yeah. Life really begins.
5: That's, I love that. Do you feel like you've made it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you you don't you don't make it until you hear "Well done, good and faithful servant." Um, and, until then, there's there's a lot of uh, accomplishment. There's a lot of challenges. There's there's a lot of um, things to overcome. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of great things like I, I can't even tell you how wonderful it is to, you know, watch your wife walk down the aisle to okay. see your kids be born um, to in to, difficult times too, going to war, right. um, going to war, coming home from it. Um, being there for for families of people who didn't come home for it. Uh, th- there's there's any number of things that I can point back to um, and experiences where I am just and incredibly grateful. Um, but you haven't made it until you hear well done, good and faithful servant.
5: I like that. So I could talk to you for, you know, forever. Cause I, I, like I said, I'm a big fan of yours. You're like one of the first people I think I'm interviewing that I don't actually know in real life. Um, so it's, you know, exciting. Um, for my last question end with your best tip for our list for our listeners on how they can improve their lives
0: that's tough because everybody's at different points in their life, um, and facing different challenges that the, the thing that I bring this up every once in a while and, and, you know, we'll have people on the comment section say, you know, Oh, that's cliche or that's, you know, whatever. Um, but, but what I, what I've gotten, what I've gotten in the habit of telling people is like, look, if someone asks me why, what I think is, is key to success, like I, I can share, um, I can share the aspects of the worldview, but I'm not going to do it without the creator of it. Mm. Um, and so, the the, the relationship, and, and this has been an ongoing process because it's it's it is kind of an an ongoing process. The relationship that I've had in my faith uh, with Christ mm. is something that has been built on um, periods of skepticism, uh, periods of of contemplation study rebellion hmm. um and and the only thing i can say is that even from a purely practical standpoint i don't know of anything else that better explains the human condition and that's why when when i see things um when i see things that are going on in the world and people ask are you fearful or are you this are you that it's like no <laughs> i'm not afraid i'm not afraid because again i know who i am and I know what my purpose is, and that necessarily begins in in your life with the foundation of your worldview. It's 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 the lens by which you see everything else. And it, and if you if you haven't invested time in truly understanding about what you believe, um, at, at that foundation, the structure that you build upon it is constantly going to be swayed. It's constantly going to be rickety. It's constantly going to be causing you anxiety and fear. Um, but, but once you, once you feel secure in that, and I, and I don't just mean, you know, this this kind of blind faith where it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's adult Santa Claus. Like, I don't mean that. I mean, once you've actually taken the time to intellectually, spiritually, emotionally understand what you believe and why, and you feel secure and confident on it, then again, you can take the challenges as they come because in each, in each challenge, Even if it's an incredibly difficult one, in each trauma, you can see the opportunity to achieve something that is meaningful and worthwhile. Because if you don't have that, then the trauma becomes your identity.
5: Yeah,
0: definitely. The the problem becomes the thing that you dwell in as opposed to overcome. And so I I would just really encourage people like, look, I'm... (laughs) i'm I'm a big believer i think anybody that's seen me in, in the legislature and whatnot i'm a big believer and i don't believe in imposing or trying to legislate or require people to believe what i believe i want people to be free to discover you know what it is what their purpose is and 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 how they want to go about living their life but if i'm being asked what's the single most important thing you can do is you you need to figure that part out of your life because it is the foundation of your entire worldview. And if, and if you don't want to live in a world where you are constantly divined by what happens to you, as opposed to what your purpose is and who put you here for that purpose, then you're going to have to answer that question.
5: So great. Thank you so much, Nick Freitas. You were amazing. I didn't get to ask you how you have managed to have not been canceled yet, but I guess next time. Thank you so oh, much for coming out. on.
3: <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us on The Carol Markowitz Show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.